Well, greetings, greetings, and welcome to the show. This is Wrong Place, Right Crime. I am your host, Frank Zafiro. And today, you guys are lucky enough to have a special guest host, Christy Scalise, not Zafiro. Oh, she's let the cat out of the bag. Yes, Zafiro is a nom de plume for those of you who do not know. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We are here to talk about our guests in this open and shut episode. And that is Will Zeilinger and Janet Lynn, who are a husband and wife team that work together. Hence, a husband and wife team bringing you this episode. I mean, it only makes sense, right? But before we get to that, I do want to remind you that Wrong Place Right Crime is proudly sponsored by Down and Out Books. Down and Out Books is a mid-sized publisher of crime fiction, most of it at the darker and grittier end of the spectrum. So if that sounds like it might interest you, you can find out more at their website, downandoutbooks.com. That's downandoutbooks, all spelled out, dot com. Downandoutbooks.com. Take, Take the, the journey, journey with, with us. us. All right. Well, uh, let's get into our interview with Will and Janet. Um, I talked to them about a week or two ago, and they had a lot of interesting things to say, including uh, a lot about their collaborative process. So shall we get to it? I say yes. Well, hey, Janet and Will, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank nice you. to be here. Yeah, nice to be here, too. Uh, so we got a whole bunch to talk about. Um, one of the things being that you are podcasters in your own right and have a very, uh, good show, uh, but you are not only solo authors, but you collaborate together, uh, not just uh, on the podcast, but on a series of books. Uh, so there's a whole waterfront to cover here. I suppose we should get right to it. Uh, you know, I, I guess let's talk about the the work that you do by yourselves first and come to the collaboration um, second. Now, Janet, you write a series called the Peer Mystery Series. Uh, it looks like there's about four of them. Um, what are those about? What are what, what genre are those in and who's, who's the main character? Well, the uh, Peer and Murder Mystery Series I, was the first series I decided to write. The first book I decided to write. What happened was I... I always wanted to be a writer, so I decided that I would go ahead and do it. So I took classes and seminars, and then I did romance, and nobody thought it was good. And then I tried uh, uh, comedy, and nobody laughed. So I went to a <laughs> I seminar. I feel your pain on the last part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I went to a seminar. Dean Coons was there speaking, so I went up to him, and I said, I don't know what to do. I know I could do it. I don't know what to write. He gave me the best advice. He said, write what you like to read. And for a new author, that just sparked something in my head. I love to read mysteries. So I went home, banged out my first book, North of the Pier. I put it out, and people liked it. They bought it. I'm like, oh, my goodness. So the um, Pier Murder Mysteries are contemporary. They take place in Hacienda, Hacienda Beach, but it's really Long Beach where I live. And it was a wonderful experience uh, to... To write and see it actually come together, and a lot of my and these books start in Long Beach and they go outside areas, north, south, east, and west of the pier. The first one goes into Guatemala. The second one goes is east of the pier, and that goes to New Orleans, and then comes the west of the pier that goes to Kiribati. It's a little island just south, hundred miles south of Hawaii. 
Thousand miles. <laughs> Thousand miles. The south of the pyramid. Just a little while. And these are all the places that I had been. And when I go places, I always look at body dumps. Best place I could put a dead body. And so I've been to all these places, and it's all about a mystery of uh, Ken, as Connie and Marcelo. Those are two. Uh, he's a police officer, and she is trying to figure out her life. And they go around solving mysteries together. Well, there's a lot to unpack there. Wow. Yeah, there is. <laughs> but, you know, it's looking for the body dumps. It really gets – I really get a kick out of that. Yeah, and uh, I mean – you you can write off part of the trip as research and not be yeah. you know trying to be sneaky there with the IRS or anything like that. It's legitimately research. Well, now Will, you've written some of uh, uh, some work on your own as well, and it's it's a little eclectic. I mean, I've noticed <laughs> that you have you've got some lighter fare. I mean, the covers are very nice and, and but very obviously you know romantic comedies. Uh, for instance, the naked groom is one of them. So maybe let's touch on those first. Tell me how you happened to be writing romantic comedy. Well, Janet, Janet was writing years before I started. In fact, as she, Janet was working on one of her books. You had some cozy books she wrote earlier, yeah. and and she got to this one point that she was trying to write something. One of the one of the male characters was saying, and she said, turned to me and she said, um, "I got a problem." Uh, if you were a guy, what would you? And I said, "Excuse me." <laughs> so she was asking me, you know, what would a guy think? And basically, I told her, I "said Well, a guy doesn't care what kind of shoes the woman's wearing. That's that's not, that's not something he cares about." But uh, so I didn't really start writing till I was fifty. And we had a good friend, Rebecca Forster, who's a good mystery writer, who said that you know the best place you can go to learn how to write is to the romance writers. So we yeah. went out here in California to the Orange County Romance Writers. She said they'll teach you the craft of writing, and you can learn about the, the business of writing as well. Because, but it doesn't matter what you write. But it's very interesting that my first book came out being a romantic comedy. Not that I was influenced or anything. <laughs> but uh, so the, the Naked Groom was a romantic comedy. And the, the second book, uh, Something's Cooking at Dove Acres, it's, sort of, it's kind of a, an older young adult book. But that was sort of a romantic mystery. And then my third book, The Final Checkpoint, turned out to be a full-blown mystery. And and after that, we started collaborating. But those were my three that I that I wrote. And they were very, very different because I think they showed some a uh, little bit of my development as a writer since I, I was a visual artist all the time prior to this. In fact, I designed all our book covers. I was going to ask you that because I saw in your history that you have a, a degree in graphic design, graphic art uh, degree, and and that you've worked in that field and also photography. So it makes sense that the covers are very striking and, and grab your attention and are, are quite professional. Now, Janet, you mentioned, uh, actually, Will, you mentioned that Janet wrote some some cozies. And, and Janet, those are uh, called Women's Mysteries on your website. I see three of them here. What can you tell me about these these cozies that you that you work on? The women's fiction, I wrote three of them because what I was doing is I was writing north of the piers, south of the pier, all the piers. And what happened was that people said, gee, you're just such a great writer, but I'm not into all this, this intrigue here. Uh, do you ever write anything else? So I went ahead and I wrote Eggnog. And it's a real interesting, it's a real interesting story. It's a cozy about... A woman who has a divorced woman who has three children, three girls, and it's, she's decided to start to date again. And what happens is 
It's kind of comical the guy she gets together with. Then she has three, three girls. It's more of a, a real life cozy as to what happens to people. Mm-hmm. And then I had three others, two others that I wrote. People loved them. And some people are asking me, you know, well, they went out to dinner. Do you have a recipe for what they ate? Which surprised me. I never thought of that. So then I put out <laughs> cookbooks about some of the things that people ate in the book. Because they're running around all over different places. So went to the South, New Orleans, wonderful food. So people were buying their recipes and writing the, and reading the books. What is it about cozies and recipes? I, I see this all <laughs> the time. It's a, an interesting dynamic. I mean, uh, yes. nobody asks for the coffee grind in, in, in my hard-boiled stuff. I don't, <laughs> I don't get it. Uh. <laughs> well, I'm not quite sure, but to be honest with you, I, I'm not a cook, but I had a lot of fun putting those cookbooks together, taking the pictures, making the food, and, and he's the cook, so we worked it together. <laughs> and he came out with uh, four cookbooks. And people were enjoying them along with the books. They're available online, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. everything's available online. Well, originally, you used to promote these as cozies, but you changed some of them to women's fiction. I changed because... it to women's fiction yeah. because they really are part mystery and part real life. And see, my books, they don't, and not everything works out 100% and, you know, better. But what things do in my books is they work out okay is what real life is all about. <laughs> they may not get what they were going for, but what they have and end up with, they're just as happy with. Is that, isn't that what life is all about? So that's why I decided not to call them cozies because everything didn't work out perfectly. That's an interesting distinction. One of the tropes of the cozy field is, I believe, that there's a happy ending. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I suppose there's probably a lot of uh, books out there that violate that, uh, just like there is in every subgenre. There is. And again, sometimes things work out happily and sometimes things just work out. <laughs> but then, uh, then after that, we decided to get started with the, the Skylar Drake series that how exactly did we decide to start doing those? Well, what happened was is I've always wanted to write more. I love more books. But I knew I can't get into a guy's head like he can. So I asked him, would you, be like, would you like to write together? He said, well, sure, let's try one book. If we're still married, we'll try another one. <laughs> but they're not exactly noir. They're more hard-boiled detective. Hard-boiled. And so kind of light hard-boiled, so like soft-boiled detective. Yeah, <laughs> so we got together, and we had so much fun doing this together, so much fun researching it and writing it. I think the big thing is that we decided early on that we would check our egos at the door, that we would not allow our egos to get in any conversations regarding the book. And that uh, worked out very well. Yeah. I mean, our, our, our stories are they're basically they're a product. You know, we want, we want to entertain our readers. So it's not important who wrote what. It's the finished product that's, that's the important part. I've had to give up scenes I, I put blood into, and he's had to give up scenes that a lot of tears went into. But, you know, if it doesn't make the book work, it needs to leave. You know, you, you can kill your own darlings, and, and that's usually a, a form of euthanasia. <laughs> um, but 
when you're collaborating, you know, it's someone else brutally murdering your darlings and leaving them strewn across the road, uh, you know, and it's, it, it, it could be a lot tougher if you don't do exactly what you said, you know, check those egos at the door and, mm-hmm. and it has to, but really, I, I mean, it's interesting. The two of you are married and doing this and, you know, I've collaborated with five different authors on about 15 books. And often when I get asked about it, I compare the relationship the reason it's successful anyway, the dynamics that go into that as the same that go into a successful marriage. So uh, it probably makes some sense that you're able to do this uh, having been married and, and, and now that, you know, you obviously you're still married, so it's working. Oh yeah. (laughs) It sure is. I think the big, we have our moments. Yeah. Well, the things we don't agree with, but we have to make a decision. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. I think also is that we've, allow each other to do what we're best at. Um, Bill is very good at what, doing what I call the soft signs, the romantic, walks along the beach, the candlelight dinners. I mean, I can write these, but it takes blood for me to do that. I'm more into <laughs> the action, the fighting, the killing. That's what I like. But he does a beautiful job with these, and I put it in, and he just goes with it. And it, it, it's just great to have he does well. it. Thanks. That's very nice of you. But, you know, but, but as, as a, a creative artist, a visual artist prior to this, writing is just basically the same thing, but with words. I just have to rather doing it with uh, paints or the computer or whatever I'm working with. I'm using words to describe the scenes and set the mood where I would do that with a different medium if I was doing visual art. Well, now, Will, you called the Skylar Drake series soft-boiled. I think I know what that means, but uh, just in case I'm wrong, which has happened frequently in my life, uh, what do you mean by soft-boiled? Well, we started out noir, but noir is kind of like one bad decision after another down down <laughs> that, that proverbial rabbit hole and with no escape. Hard-boiled, you know, there's, there's a little light at the end of the tunnel, but I think we're a little bit more lighthearted with Skyler, aren't we? Yeah, much more lighthearted. But it has some really, I mean, it's really, it can be, it is a tense book. But we start out with normal everyday life, and then he ends up in this mess. Yeah, I mean, somebody dies. Yeah, a lot of people. <laughs> usually, put, you know, what happened is we found out that people like five dead bodies. Approximately. Approximately. <laughs> so we come up with five dead bodies, which means we have to find up five dead body dumps. And when we first wrote our first book, uh, Oh, Slivers of Slivers Glass. Of glass we were up in Santa Rosa at a wedding, and we figured, well, let's try this because we live in Long Beach. And so we would ask people. We didn't know the area, so we'd ask people, where would you dump a dead body? Well, <laughs> half of them would stare at me and walk backwards. The other half give me cross streets and uh, landmarks. I thought they thought about it. <laughs> anyway, so we checked them out while we were there, and they were just perfect places to put dead bodies and for them to be discovered. So now every place we go, like the second book, place Hawaii, uh, Molokai. Yeah, you know, all these books yeah. are 1956. And okay. so we went up there and found some perfect places for dead bodies. And uh, the whole, just going there, we had an idea, but once we got there, the place told us what the story needed to be. Mm-hmm. Same thing happened with the first book. So all five books, we went up to these places and... We had an idea, but it wasn't until we got there that the whole area told us where it needed to go. 
that I used to think people were nuts when they tell me that, the authors, but it's true. You get your ideas everywhere, all over the You place. never know. You never know. Yeah, it was a slick deal. We went out. It, the clues took our detective out to Catalina, Santa Catalina Island. And uh, we were talking with one of the uh, people that rent the little golf carts out there. And they were telling us all these places where you could dump somebody, <laughs> dump somebody, and, we, and some pretty remote places because they do zip lining out of the canyons. And I said, well, you're going to have to find them, too. We don't yeah, just want them to disappear. I hope you don't ever uh, follow somebody's uh, directions to a place where they think a body could be dumped and actually discover one. That would be. <laughs> we worry about that sometimes. Yeah. Some yeah, of the places right. that we've been, like uh, we did a lot of research on our first uh, couple of books. A lot of it went into old Hollywood and that was a, a real experience because yeah. we had taken some, some of these uh, fan tours where they take you around where people have died and where murders occurred and all this. They had, used to have one called Graveline Tours that you'd take. Mm-hmm. They'd take it where all the crimes occurred in Hollywood. Some of them are pretty spooky. And a lot of that's the feedback we get from a lot of our readers. I felt like I was there. It's because we were there. You would say that uh, that the Skylar Drake books have a real strong sense of place. We you know, we hope so. We hope that people gather that. Uh, the other one, uh, Desert Ice, which uh, took our guys out to 1950s Las Vegas. The Historical Society and the people at the UNLV were very helpful. And we went through a whole bunch of stuff to figure out what was going there because Las Vegas changes so often. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing's permanent there that we had to really do a lot of research to find out what was there when our book takes place. We were fascinated, just fascinated about the history of Vegas from 1956 on. And it was really hard to cut stuff out. <laughs> it was so fascinating. Janet got to interview the daughter of a, of a former mobster. Yeah, who grew up wow. there. And then I got to talk with a dancer, dancing like she was what eighty five. Yeah, at the and time? she was really she was very specific. She was not a showgirl. She was a dancer. <laughs> and I said, "Well, what's the difference?" He says, "We had talent." <laughs> yeah. Well, that's interesting. I mean, um, you know, the oldest settings that I have in any of my books are the early to mid 1990s which coincidentally was when i started policing so my river city series starts out in 1994 which at this point i can get away with calling historical fiction i guess um but certainly not like something that was set in the 1950s and there has to be some obstacles there to writing historical fiction as opposed to contemporary um, how do you account for that how do you deal with that what are some that you've ran into and and how did you resolve it uh, what all well, the rewards of doing 1950s is reminders of music, the movies, dress. Mm-hmm. It was really a lot of fun doing researching some of these old TV shows, and because and again they watch television, they do all sorts of things. So that was a lot of fun listening to a lot of music from 1950s. Sure. Now we did not grow up here in the 50s. We're He's from Nebraska and I'm from New York. So we had to really investigate what it was like in Southern California in the 50s. And that is a, that can be a tripping point if you don't go to the right places. And what I found worked really well is looking through old phone books. Mm-hmm. Because that tells you what kind of stores were there, what kind of people were offering their services. So that's a, a trick we found is that the old phone books... And give you all sorts of information. Sure. 
Plus the uh, technology or lack of uh, is one of the points we had to insert in our stories. Uh, nowadays, if you if you watch or read a book or watch a, a TV program, cell phones are such a, a key part of a lot of clues and messages coming in, breakpoints in conversations. Oh, my phone's ringing. Uh, in, in the 50s, you had to go find a phone somewhere, you know, mm-hmm. like a phone booth. <laughs> there were just only big businesses had telefax machines, they called them at the time. Uh, so there wasn't, there, you had to write letters or you had to hand deliver things or you had to mail them. There wasn't any, let's just fax it over to them or let's just email it to them. That didn't happen. <laughs> uh, another fun thing is our main character, he works as a, uh, as a stuntman. And he's a former, and then he goes into being a detective, but when he needs money, he does stunt work. And so we got the stories about a lot of famous, famous people from the 60s. In the 50s, we looked them up, and some of them had such wonderful family life, and others had some real interesting lives, but we were able to put those in the books as well, and so many people were, oh, I remember what, I remember that, that actor, and I remember this, and I remember the scandals of this. So these are all the backgrounds of the stories. Mm-hmm. And that was, a, believe it or not, that was a difficult thing to research with some of the stuff that went on in the Hollywood area without getting wrapped up in the showbiz end of it. Even going to the to the Hollywood branch of the L.A., uh, the Los Angeles Public Library, we had to say, no, 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 we don't want to know about the, the celebrity stuff. We want to know about the town. So that's like you, you find the, the throwaway newspapers and things like that, not the, not the big papers that were interested in the, in the media version of things. We wanted to see what was happening, you know, behind the drugstore. Now, writing uh, the, this series together isn't the only collaboration that the two of you do, however. Um, you are co-hosts of a very popular podcast. Yes, we uh, we started chatting with authors. It's a, a Zoom program. I mean, a YouTube program YouTube channel. Program. Yeah, but we started it because we missed our friends. <laughs> this was during <laughs> the pandemic, and we were just so lonely. And we were facebooking people and following them, but it was different because we couldn't get to see them face to face. So we thought, well, let's go ahead and try doing this. We researched it, and we contacted all of our friends and people referred. It was just wonderful seeing them face-to-face, talking about what it's like, their, what it's like to be an author, what they're doing now. And always, we always ask them to give some advice for those who are starting out. And well, one of our original intentions prior to the pandemic was to do a uh, YouTube or uh, with cable TV program interviewing authors, but that involved uh, using the studios here locally, the public access studios, finding talent that would come out to where you are, where doing that with Zoom and YouTube, we can interview people like yourself up in Oregon or Sweden or the mm-hmm. East Coast. They don't have to travel out here. <laughs> yeah, I was so surprised how easy it was to our. So we interviewed some in Sweden. I thought for sure we were going to have bad visuals or the audio was going to cut out or something. But it was beautiful. It worked just fine. And even during the hurricanes in New York, we were able to visit some of the uh, authors there. How many episodes are you up to now? I think we got 65. Yeah, 65. So they, they air every Friday on YouTube. Just It's just chatting with authors. If you type that in the search uh, window, you'll get us pop up there. And you do about a 30-minute uh, interview with the author. I watched the Holly West episode recently. You guys just 
chat. It literally, literally is exactly what the title says. You have a conversation exactly. with the author. Exactly. Uh, yeah, like find out a little bit about the writers, what they're working on, how they got to where they are. And, and uh, a lot of these writers, too, they're feeling the same thing as us. They, were saying, they feel a little isolated. I mean, writing is a very solitary, uh, what do you call it, approach anyway, solitary profession. But uh, you still do need other writers. You need somebody to bounce things off of. And they, many of them express their gratitude for having somebody <laughs> come into their home sort of and, and talk to them. See this uh, show continuing uh, for the un- for, for the foreseen future? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, as far as lining things up goes, um, you know, there's got to be uh, some new books on the horizon. Uh, what is uh, in the cooker for you individually and or in the uh, uh, Skylar Drake series? We are in the process of starting a new series called the yeah. International Crime Files. Right. And the first book is going to, is called Stone Pub. We're working on that. It takes place in L.A. and it goes directly to Ireland, 1962. Oh. We were in Ireland in 2014. 2014, yeah. And, boy, talk about body dumps. <laughs> 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 Got to be careful it's not in the bog, though, or, or the evidence will stay. There, I had a great time, and the story just came to me. As we were walking through different right. places, the story was there. So we had to do a lot of research. Check this is kind of like in between the troubles. Yeah. 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 Well, Skylar Drake's kind of on hold right now. And this new series picks up in the 60s, early 60s. So, but we're hoping it's going to be more on the, on the thriller vein, is what we're trying to, to get with this. So, mystery. so we have to kind of switch hats. And the next one after this will go into 1960. Turkey stumble. So, it's, it's, so, again, these are all the places we've been. Yeah, during the Cold War, yeah. And, and so we do this, they feel like they're there because we were there. Cold wind. And, right. Yeah. <laughs> but in, independently, we've been working on some short stories and essays and things like that, uh, various genres. But uh, in, the mean, in between that, we're trying to get our heads wrapped around this new series and get, get out of Skyler Drake's world. And that, that was difficult. You know, when we, when we stopped the Skylar Drake series, it, it was hard. It was hard to end that series because it was like leaving a small town and everybody that you knew, because they'd been in our heads for like five years, six years. When we wrote the last book, what happened was a great test. Oh, we really? couldn't figure out why. And then someone says, because you ended the series. It's, it's, You're it's grieving. Into it. So it's like, you know, leaving good friends behind. But we left them happy. <laughs> Originally, it was only four books, but we had several of our readers who were very upset that we left things hanging. So we had to write a fifth book. And, and you know, we killed a bunch of characters in the last one, so we had to all new characters. <laughs> new characters. There was four main characters that were still there. But that fifth book was, we knew it was ending, and it just, it came, it just came. The story just flowed. And, and we know, then we knew that it was the right time to end. Well, better to get out uh, early when it feels right than to overstay your welcome, for sure. Yeah, yeah we didn't want to beat a dead horse, you know. So. And the name of the, the the new one is The Stone Pub? It's called The Stone Pub. It takes place in Ireland. My father is Irish. We didn't know much about his family, so I decided I would try to find them. Uh, he thought he was English. I found he was Irish, and I found my family. 
So we decided to go visit my family for the very first time. In Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland. Mm. And it was just wonderful because people I always heard about knew nothing about them. And on the way back, I found my father's brother's family. So I visited them in Vermont and uh, Virginia, New Jersey. In Virginia. And it was just wonderful. Really did enjoy meeting them and talking about their family. It was just a wonderful genealogy. In fact, the, our, it's not really a spoiler, but uh, one of the main characters is a genealogist in the new series. <laughs> so the new series is called International Crime Files. The new book will be The Stone Pub from Will Zeilinger and Janet Lynn. And folks, if you haven't checked out Chatting with Authors yet, uh, do so. 60 plus episodes already and uh, really digestible, short uh, 30 minute a bite that you can figure out you know if this is an author you're interested in or enjoy one that you already know uh, and it's all different all different genres too not just mystery writers so expand your horizons uh, with will and janet um and folks i want to tell you thanks a lot for coming on the show well thanks for asking us we really appreciate this it's been a pleasure frank All right, folks, there you go will zeilinger and janet lynn husband and wife team what'd you think Honestly, I cannot believe that they are still married, and I understand that that's something that they tout, um, but my goodness, I don't know if you and I could write novels together. <laughs> Traveling to search for places to, you know, put murdered bodies and stuff, that I think we could do, but I don't know about done. writing together. <laughs> well, we have a process together, though, too, in, in a couple of stages. I mean, you are someone I bounce ideas off of very early in the process so you're there for that yeah that's true that's true and then when i have a good first draft you're the first person i give it to so you're there for that part of the process as well that's true but i mean you also have to admit that i think sometimes when i say things that you feel are pretty critical they hit closer to your heart than maybe somebody who doesn't <laughs> know you and love you and when they give some input you seem to take it a little bit more personally well yeah, you're probably right. But it still is a collaboration, that's what I'm saying. It, that's so, true. That, it's, and it's, it's a good collaboration. I mean, we've done some pretty great things together. Well, yeah. I mean, if, I mean, you're joking a little bit, but you're serious, too. I mean, there are a few things that have, I've written that a major plot point or twist or character arc came from our discussions or from your first draft read. Would it be weird for me to suggest that in your novels, you just start putting a little side note or an end note? Anytime that I have those great ideas, or you could just say, hey, this great idea was brought to you by my amazing spouse. <laughs> well, I get interviewed occasionally as the author, uh, rather than doing interviews here as the podcast host. And whenever the podcast comes up, I definitely make sure to give proper credit for who named this podcast. Yeah, I'm just teasing you, though. It's all It all comes from you. I just am good at critiquing. You're the one with all the creative juices. Well, and, you know, we sometimes have actually had not serious arguments, but like little fun discussions, I guess, um, when you have an idea and I don't like it or I don't take it. And then sometimes you say, why am I be giving you ideas you don't listen to me? But there are times when your suggestion I don't like, but it's the springboard that gets me to the solution that I'm looking for. So it's valuable even if it isn't an idea that I like. So do you think that that's very similar to what they probably go through? I mean, I can see the value in it for sure. I just am still very uh, 
shocked and in awe. I'm shocked and awed <laughs> that they uh, do so well together. Well, I'm glad they do. Uh, they've got a lot of work out there, and so a lot for you to explore if any of the different pieces that they discussed interest you. And definitely, folks, you should check out Chatting with Authors, the podcast that they do. Um, I've been fortunate enough to be on it, and I can say it was a great experience. And uh, they've got some uh, real wide range of different kinds of authors on the show. So check that out. Uh, next episode on Wrong Place or Right Crime. Uh, I will be talking to Sebastian Fitzek, who is a German author. Um, so that was pretty cool. I got to speak a tiny bit of German with him. Nice. I know you like to do that. I'm always amazed. And unfortunately, Christy will not be back for the next episode, but look for her to sneak into future episodes. And I will have other co-hosts for the remainder of this year, uh, three more, actually, and they're on the schedule. And I will tell you about them as they get closer, but uh, it's kind of fun to have somebody else on the show. Yeah, I think it's fun to, to be able to listen in and hear what other writers are doing. Uh, you have some stuff going on right now, don't you? Uh, yeah, Frank Zafiro update for this week is a big sale. Uh, I've got a number of books on sale, not the River City series, but uh, the backlist is free. That's part of the Bricks and Cam Job series that I wrote with Eric Beatner. Um, so you can pick that up for free and then the other two in the series for 99 cents. And then the book Fallen City that I wrote with uh, Lawrence Kelter is also free. And the other two books I wrote with him, The Last Caller and No Dibs on Murder, which is kind of a black comedy mystery sort of thing. Um, those are both 99 cents. The first book in the Spoke Compton series, At Their Own Game, is also free. And the other book in that series, uh, In the Cut, is 99 cents. Uh, that is about to go to three books, though. Uh, early in 2022, there'll be a third book in that series. Uh, there are also a few other uh, standalones that are all 99 cents. So really, if you just pull up the Frank Zafiro author page and start scrolling through titles, you're going to find a lot of them either free or at 99 cents, including some box sets. So from the 27th to the 31st of December 2021, the last sale of 2021 before we dive into whew, 2022. I don't think I'm ready. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, I want to say a thank you to Will and Janet for coming on the show, for really being great guests and sharing their experiences. Thanks to Down Out Books for being the sponsor. Uh, and I can now officially announce that they will continue to be the, the sponsor for the remainder of season five uh, and possibly longer. So you'll get to hear more from from Lance uh, every month during the feature episode. And also a thank you to my lovely co-host, Christy, my darling wife, who uh, darling. darling wife, who has blessed my microphone here. That <laughs> just sounds inappropriate. <laughs> well, we can't let the whole show go without at least one innuendo. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, no, seriously, thanks for coming on. It's always fun. Yeah, it's fun to do it. It's um, proud of you. And, of course, thank you to you, the listener, for being here for all of 2021. Looking forward to bringing you more episodes in 2022. Uh, check out the Frank Zafiro sale December 27th to the 31st. Come back next week for Sebastian Fitzek. Until then, this is Frank Zafiro. And Christy Scalise. Reminding you that sometimes... You gotta be in the wrong place to write crime.